This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Warning, warning, warning on loneliness. The Surgeon General, the U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, declared loneliness a public health epidemic. He said half of U.S. adults experience loneliness. And that can be as dangerous as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Hmm. Research over the years has also found isolation can lead to sleep issues, depression, anxiety, heart disease, stroke, and dementia. The pandemic only exasperated these problems. Now, in an 82-page advisory, which I have not fingered through yet, uh, Murthy outlined a framework to repair social connection. It recommends boosting social infrastructures with volunteer organizations, public transportation, and green spaces. It also encourages the government to track and stop harmful policies. How about harmful products and harmful services? Yeah, Uh, those further isolate people. So I'm not sure how they're going to pay for that. But this comes during Mental Health Awareness Month. So happy Mental Health Awareness Month. And remember to get out there and stop being lonely. Because if you're lonely, it's the same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. (laughs) I find that hard to believe. But you know what? He's the U.S. Surgeon General. So who am I? Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So, loneliness may cause dementia, and a way to get around that is to use the internet. Right? A study published Wednesday in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society, and man, do I love the Journal of the American Geriatric Society. I can't wait for that to arrive in my mailbox. Suggested that older people who regularly use the internet were less likely to develop dementia. So show your grandparents or your great-grandparents how to post on Instagram. (laughs) Make sure they send a birthday message on Facebook, okay? Uh, okay, that would be great. And uh, getting them to use uh, the internet may help their brain health as well. Researchers saw this association after about eight years of tracking 18,154 adults between the ages of 50 and 65 who did not have dementia when the study period began. The adults were part of the Health and Retirement Study, a multidisciplinary collection of data from the representative sample of people in the U.S. that is gathered by the National Institute on Aging and the Social Security Administration. 
Thank you. Uh, each of the participants was asked a simple question. Do you regularly use the World Wide Web or the Internet? Isn't that the same thing? For sending and receiving email or for any other purpose, such as making pur- purchases, searching for information, making travel reservations, or, I don't know, looking at porn. They don't mention that, but I guess that would be using the Internet. People who used the Internet at the start of the study had about half the risk of dementia as people who were not regular users. That's pretty incredible. The researchers also looked at how often these adults were online, from not all to more than eight hours a day. Those who used the Internet for about two hours or less a day had the lowest risk of dementia compared with those who didn't use the Internet. Okay, uh, so if I'm on it for eight hours a day, that's... What is that? Oh, well, it tells you. Uh, people who were online six to eight hours a day had a higher risk of dementia. So the happy medium is a couple of hours. Oh, boy. I'm in trouble. Uh, scientists still don't know what causes dementia. So the new research uh, can't really pinpoint the exact connection. Well, okay. So we're just we're just guessing. We've done this study and we're just guessing. Eh, okay. This is what the study is. That's great. Online engagement may help to develop and maintain cognitive reserve, which can in turn compensate for brain aging and reduce the risk of dementia. That is the words of co-author Dr. Virginia W. Chang, associate professor of global public health at New York University School of Global Public Health. Now, all that time... uh, that they used to study. I mean, it was eight years and over 18,000 people. The study did not look at what people were exploring online. Uh, You know, were you looking at cat videos? Were you looking at conspiracy theories? Uh, That all can be intellectually stimulating. So some studies have shown that intellectual stimulation may help to prevent dementia. Okay. A 2020 study found an association between cognitively stimulating jobs and a lower risk of dementia, for example. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, As for people, it's natural for brain processing speeds to slow a little, and it may get harder to remember what's on all those open browser tabs on your computer. No, but if you just slide the mouse over it, it tells you what the tab is. That's amazing. About 6.2 million people, 65 and older, has Alzheimer's disease. Wow, that's that's too many. I just want to go out on a limb and tell you that's way too many. The most common form of dementia, uh, well, which is Alzheimer's, right. Okay, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the number is expected to grow exponentially as boomers age. Wow. So right now, I would say that uh, be on the internet for a couple hours a day and, uh, you know, part i don't know and what if you're just listening to podcasts does that count because you're listening on the internet i would say that this show chewing the fat definitely helps but you are not developing dementia i haven't had a study yet uh but i will (laughs) we're putting a study together with the national institute on aging and the social security administration i'm hoping i can get uh, dr chang involved in my study because she of course is the associate professor of professor of global public health at new york university school of global public health so i would just like to say that uh, listening to chewing the fat each and every day will help you to not develop dementia look at science 
okay that's what it is and now i guess people in utah and louisiana have to worry that they're not going to be online long enough to help with their mental issues because they can't uh, they can't get porn i know uh, apparently google searches for vpn have skyrocketed in utah this week huh i wonder why oh i know because you can no longer visit pornhub from a utah ip address <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, the state legislation requires porn sites to verify users are over the age of 18 and we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week but if you fire up incognito mode and head to Pornhub with an IP address in the state of Utah you'll be diverted to a page that has an adult performer not safe for work reading a statement from the site that claims giving your ID card uh, every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution to protecting users. Louisiana implemented a similar law uh, at the first of this year, but it has a digital ID program that residents can use to verify their age and access adult sites. I know uh, nobody, nobody visits Pornhub. Nobody visits Pornhub. But according to the statistics, 76 million uh, U.S. visitors a day in february alone so i know that nobody is visiting pornhub but uh someone is uh someone is i know lawmakers are pushing forward legislation that aims to protect the youths from alleged harmful effects of social media on mental health okay well isn't social media the internet i mean we have the study saying that uh mental health will be uh, helped if you're on the internet for a couple hours a day so which is it which is it oh that's when you get older that's not the kids jeff oh okay all right i know social media companies say that restricting access to their sites is a limit to free speech and push younger users to less safe more fringe corners of the internet okay uh, i know that uh, you know many porn sites including pornhub would like to have you believe that so some policy experts also caution that adding age and identity identity verification would only hand big tech companies even more user data uh i'm sure they don't save it right right and speaking of the internet uh google remember last year uh released an inclusive language function to flag certain words and recommended alternatives for writers using its google docs program when a suspected offensive word is used the program pops up a message to the writer that reads hey idiot you don't want to use that no it says uh, inclusive warning some of these words may not be inclusive to all readers consider using different words yeah how about no so the computer program which launched in april of last year uh, suggested changing landlord to property owner or proprietor it also recommended using the term humankind instead of mankind and it flagged policeman housewife and motherboard and you know they are always according to google we're always improved trying to improve our technology and uh, you know helping to identify unwanted word associations and biases well now they have reached out to their employees in the united kingdom they've sent a new inclusive language dossier to the united kingdom staff asking them to stop using terms such as man hours and you guys 
Uh, They encouraged employees to refrain from using potentially offensive language. The style guide targeted common IT lingo, including whitelist, black hole, blacklist, and black box. Can't have that. It also asked the staff to avoid referring to people or things as chubby, dummy variable. I've never heard someone referred to as dummy variable, but I mean... Maybe I have over the years. Or crazy, bonkers, or mad. (laughs) Language guide was specifically sent to Google developers. Isn't that special? Now, the staff uh, needs to be more gender inclusive in the workplace. And they need to replace the term mad hours with person hours. That's just dumb. Uh, When referring to a group of people, use non-gendered language such as everyone or folks. Oh, jeez. I mean, this is just, uh, it's just nonsense. I know that we've had, uh, according in this story, it quotes an anonymous Google employee. Is anyone anonymous anymore, by the way? Uh, an anonymous Google employee said that we are just too busy to be concerned with inoffensive terms. Are you, though? Are you? Right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> Well, today is the day. Not only is it May 4th, may the 4th be with you. It's also May 4th, the day that we release the movie Reopening on Blaze TV. I'm excited to announce that Blaze TV is embarking on a mission to save comedy from the humorous left. And we're launching this mission tonight by releasing the first ever full-length comedy film. As I said, the movie is called Reopening, and it's the kind of comedy flick uh, Woke Hollywood would never release. It's a mockumentary, Reopening. It follows the cast and crew of a small community theater struggling to reopen during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a brilliant work of satire using humor to expose and ridicule the insanity that swept the nation during the pandemic. And you... Uh, I'm sure we'll remember many of the insanity moments during this movie. This is how we defeat wokeism, though. That's by laughing at it. So join us tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern for the premiere of a reopening. Now, we're going to be streaming a live pre-show on YouTube and Facebook with members of the cast, but the movie itself will be available exclusively on Blaze TV. So in order to join the fun, uh, head over to blazetv.com slash reopening. Use the promo code reopening and get $20 off your subscription. blazetv.com slash reopening, promo code reopening. All right, so I uh, forgot to mention, we mentioned this on Pat Unleashed. I've been uh, doing Pat's show, uh, Pat Unleashed, on Blaze Television and Radio Network uh, every day this week and the uh, first couple of days of next week, along with this show. I mean, I give and I give and I give. <sighs> anyway, we talked a little bit about the uh, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the new inductees unveiled the 2023 inductees. And I, I just wanted you to uh, wanted you to hear them as well. If you did not listen to uh, Pat Unleashed Overtime the other day. So uh, the new 2023 inductees have been announced. Uh, under the performer category, you have Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, 
Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and The Spinners. Wow. I mean, (laughs) uh, that list right there says rock and roll, doesn't it? George Michael, Willie Nelson, The Spinners. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing says rock and roll like that list right there. And then they have the Musical Influence Award, which is going to go to DJ Cool Herc and Link Ray. I mean, I guess Link Ray counts as uh, rock and roll. I mean, one of the top guitar players, I guess. Rolling Stone called him that. I liked he was more rockabilly. I think he they called it rumble is the music he was in. But okay, congratulations. He that was the musical influence award. Then the musical excellence award goes to Chaka Khan, Al Cooper, and Bernie Taupin. All right, I mean Chaka Khan and Bernie Taupin definitely deserve that. I'm not sure. Uh, if Al Cooper does. And then the Amet Ertegun Award. I love the Amet Ertegun Award. That's going to Don Cornelius. So those are your 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Huh? I know. I know. So Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. You know him. You love him. Uh, if you've never eaten there, I'm sure... You've missed out because they're good. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, very happy with my meals that I've purchased at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. So the original Ruth's Chris Steakhouse opened in New Orleans in 1927. And it was acquired by Ruth Fertel in 1965. Had 154 locations, including 80 company-owned or co-operated restaurants and 74 franchise restaurants. The company, now based in Winter Park, Florida, suffered as most restaurants did during the pandemic. Closed uh, 23 restaurants, uh, furloughing workers, and executives were taking less pay. So now uh, they are being sold. Darden. Uh, Darden is buying Ruth Chris Steakhouse for $715 million. Yay! Now, Darden Restaurants, Inc., owns Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, A Yard House, Cheddar's, Scratch Kitchen, The Capitol Grill, Seasons 52, Bahama Breeze, and Eddie V's. And they also now will own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse for $715 million. So congratulations to Darden Restaurants, Inc. And also Ruth's Chris, for that matter. Speaking of food, uh, I see where Jenny Craig has told employees it's going to shut its doors. Jenny Craig! Who would have thought about Jenny Craig shutting its doors after 40 years in weight loss and nutrition business? Uh, uh, they're shutting down. An email sent to employees uh, earlier this week said the company said it will close due to its inability to secure additional financing. Jenny Craig corporate and salaried field employees last day will be Friday, which is May 5th. 2023 and the hourly center employees last day was uh, yesterday for those of you listening live that would have been 5 3 2023 <laughs> uh well i guess you don't have to be listening live to know that 5 3 was yesterday uh, anyway the um company operated about 500 company owned and franchise stores in the united states and canada 
Uh, Jenny, I guess HIG Capital acquired Jenny Craig for an undisclosed amount in 2019. So it now employs more than a thousand people. Last week, corporate employees from the company's Carlsbad, California office received a WARN Act, W-A-R-N Act notice that the company would be closing the office June 24th, but may close as soon as Friday. <laughs> yeah, we may close on June. You know what? Now just lock them up right now. That was uh, the uh, the FAQ frequently asked questions was also sent by Jenny Craig to employees explaining that it would wind down physical operations to transition to an e-commerce model. So good luck, good luck. The past two weeks, Jenny Craig has been running out of money and has been searching for a buyer. So the company is going to file for bankruptcy. And we're closing it down. Now, HIG Capital, which is a $55 billion private equity firm, uh, has not really responded to any questions from anyone. So, okay. (laughs) Uh, Good luck to uh, Jenny Craig. In this story, they say the company has faced increased competition recently after a handful of drugs that can help people lose weight. Okay, so the drugs, the Ozempic and the other diabetes drugs that people are using to lose weight, has nothing to do with what Jenny Craig does. I'm sorry. Jenny Craig is a a weight loss, eat our foods, and lifestyle changing company. It doesn't say, hey, take a drug and lose weight. Most people want to take drugs and lose weight, but that's not the way it works. Uh, I mean, they spent a lot of money on advertising, which could be an issue. Uh, Kirstie Alley, who's dead now. Valerie Bertinelli, Jason Alexander, Mariah Carey. Uh, they never uh, they never talked to uh, Jeff Fisher. Uh, that's one of the weight loss companies I have never done uh, commercials for is Jenny Craig. I know. I know. You'd think they'd want me. I would, I would do it. I would do it. I'm sure it works fine, but I never... I never worked for Jenny Craig. I never did any commercials for Jenny Craig. It's a little disheartening. So you know what? Good. I'm glad they're shutting down. Not really. I don't want people to lose their jobs. But, you know, maybe I kind of do. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So. Who died today? Who died today? Linda Lewis, singer-songwriter, died at the age of 72. You, of course, remember Linda, who was known for her five-octave vocal range and the ability to perform in a wide array of genres. She enjoyed solo success in the 70s with hits like It's In His Kiss and Rock-A-Doodle-Doo. 
Cat <laughs> uh, Stevens has been paying tribute to her. I mean, she uh, worked with Cat back in the 70s and they became uh, friends and she became his personal support act during the 74 Bamboozle Tour. Who can't forget about the Cat Stevens 1974 Bamboozle Tour? <laughs> uh, and traveled with his troop across the world and back at that time cat stevens was a monster so it was a big deal so linda lewis has passed away at the age of 72 and when i say they became friends i know there's stories about uh, her sleeping with cat stevens uh for several years on again off again she said that uh she asked her boyfriend if it was okay if she slept with cat stevens and he did not answer of course, he was fast asleep, but she took his silence as approval and went ahead with it. And as she also described really funny here, she uh, described as taking LSD the night before the Glastonbury Festival in 1970 as not a sensible move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was not a not a sensible move before the show it doesn't say what she died of so she may have i guess been sick the family is saying uh we regret to share the news uh, she passed away peacefully at her home we respect uh our privacy and allow us to grieve at this heartbreaking time so i don't know what you're thinking she died from but it isn't that i mean i know what you're thinking and obviously it's not that so he's not dead but he's still in the hospital uh with a medical complication that's jamie fox uh we don't know what's wrong it doesn't say he was filming his movie with cameron diaz which we talked about and he's still in the hospital and dealing with his medical complication i mean he's been in the hospital for three weeks now since the 11th of april uh when he went down so we'll see i know everyone he posted on instagram appreciate all the love feeling blessed okay well we know that uh, nick cannon and kelly osborne have been tapped to take over his role on beat shazam uh, Cannon will host the sixth season, according to the show's Instagram, while Osborne will be the DJ booth for Fox's daughter, uh, Corinne. So we have that. I mean, that show's still going to go on, and Nick is stepping in. He's a busy man. Uh, he's a busy man. Uh, he's a busy man taking care of business with about 80 kids, and he's a busy man always working. And I guess if you have that many kids, you have to be always working so you can support uh, support the kids. But I will say that uh, this medical complication, again, I know what you're thinking, and it isn't that. Or is it? Congratulations are in order to the world's highest paid athletes, by the way. Uh, coming in at number one, uh, the highest paid athlete for 2023, according to Forbes, Cristiano Ronaldo, $136 million. Now, he's over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, things aren't going, I don't think things are going too well. He may leave Saudi Arabia. We'll see. Uh, the money's awful good, though. <laughs> Uh, the money's awful good. Uh, coming in at number two on the Forbes Top Town money list in 2023, Lionel Messi. So Messi's having some issues too now. Uh, he's looking to leave PSG at the end of the season. 
uh, with the you know front side not planning a new contract. He was suspended for a couple of weeks after making an unsanctioned trip to Saudi Arabia. So we'll see what's going to happen with uh, Lionel. I mean, it's Lionel Messi. Do what he wants. Uh, number three, uh, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, three soccer players in the top three of the top money earners in 2023. Uh, Mbappe made a 120 million dollars. Uh, Messi was 130 million. Uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano, 136 million. Incredible. LeBron James, uh, number one and American, the first top American uh, athlete, at 119.5 million dollars. Then the Canelo Alvarez with 110 million, Dustin Johnson with 107 million, Phil Mickelson, 106 million dollars, Steph Curry, 100.4 million dollars, Roger Federer, 95.1 million dollars, and Kevin Durant, rounding out the top ten at 89.1 million dollars. So congratulations to all those athletes who have done pretty darn good. You know, and Federer is retired. So he's not even, I mean, he's still earning big money. Wow. These guys, man, with uh, appearance fees and licensing income. Congratulations to these guys, man. Good work. These guys are all, I mean, they worked hard for it. So we'll see. I know that uh, um, uh, the live golf away break, the golf breakaway uh, made a lot of PGA players a, a lot of money. And if you're wondering yourself, hey, who's that Canelo Alvarez? How come I never heard of him for, before? He's a Mexican boxer, uh, and he is in the top five with $110 million. And as long as we're talking about uh, money and sports, I see where uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, my main man, you know him, you love him, uh, has joined businessman Neko Sparks in a bid to buy the Ottawa Senators. Because <laughs> when you think hockey, you think Snoop Dogg. At least I do. Maybe it's just me. So he posted on his uh, Instagram that uh, he, uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of the of that ownership team. I want to bring hockey back to our community. So he wants to, to purchase the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Uh, good for him. Uh, Snoop Dogg has 80 million followers on Instagram, by the way. Just a side note. That's just a few more than Jeff Fisher Radio has, but I'm getting there. So uh, I'm just telling you, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. And you can follow me on Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. I'm not quite up to the Snoop Dogg 80.2 million followers on Instagram, but I'm climbing. I'm getting there. So if you follow me, you'll be helping me get closer to Snoop Dogg. So there's a dozen investors that are looking to purchase the Ottawa franchise, and it's probably going to reach more than a billion dollars for the Ottawa franchise, which will make it the richest sale in NHL history. And for sure it's going to happen because there's a dozen investors and several investors are people of color. So that's will that will happen. You can uh, you can count on that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So a couple of uh, really cool things. A prehistoric pendant. Uh, has DNA that reveals uh, the person who held it. It's an innovative method that they have now that uh, reveals that an ancient trinket was handled by a woman some 20,000 years ago. So they claim that, uh, you know, even Stone Age humans enjoyed the finer things in life, such as animal tooth jewelry. Duh. Capitalizing on ancient fashion, scientists have extracted DNA from a 20,000-year-old deer tooth pendant to identify the person who presumably either made or wore the ornament, a woman of North Eurasian ancestry. The team developed an elaborate process to extract DNA from the tooth without damaging the priceless specimen. The pendant was unearthed in the Denisova cave in Serbia, Russia, which was occupied by various species of hominid over 300,000 years. The study was published in Nature Today. It's almost like you open a time travel machine, says co-author Elena Essel, a molecular biologist who works on ancient DNA at the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig, Germany. <laughs> oh, I love the names of these places. With each sample, we are able to learn a bit more and make more inferences about how these people lived. So the animal's genetic material is stored deep within the pores of its bones and teeth. Yeah, we get it. And uh, they were extensively touched as a necklace it can also carry the dna of the person who handled them in the deep past previously it was impossible to associate tools and jewelry with those who handled them unless the artifact was found near a specific burial so essel and her colleagues uh got dna from inside the pores of the ancient pendant by soaking it in increasingly warm salt solution which they found did not alter the pendant and once released, the small amounts of genetic material were sequenced and compared with other sets of ancient DNA. Microchondrial DNA, which is handed down from mother to offspring, extracted from the pendant, show the object is roughly 19,000 to 25,000 years old and that the tooth belonged to a wapiti, also known as an elk. Analysis of nuclear DNA from the ornament suggests that it's been made or worn by a female Homo sapiens whose genetic makeup resembles that of North Eurasian individuals who lived around the same time but were previously known only from remains found farther east in Serbia. Huh. Now, the co-author, Elena Zavla, a geneticist now at the University of California, Berkeley, says that the technique... No word on what, where she's doing at the University of California. I'm a little disappointed. But she is a geneticist at the University of California, Berkeley. Says that the unique... That the technique can connect ancient humans to tools that they created but unlike other methods does not destroy the artifact okay so that's really cool and i love it and i'm all for it but when do we learn you know what ah that's wrong uh you know what that really didn't work the way we thought it did and uh we don't know what we're talking about now actually that was a deer tooth that the girl that was working on the site dropped i mean <laughs> i don't want that to happen but i'm just guessing it probably will 
Now we also have news in the Florida Keys where they have uh, found an underwater 19th century hospital graveyard. Huh. So they found the remains of this 19th century quarantine hospital on what was once an above sea island in the Florida Keys. That's kind of cool. The Dry Tortugas National Park announced the discovery of the archaeological site near Garden Key. Park officials said the hospital was used to treat yellow fever patients from Fort Jefferson between 1890 and 1900. They found the remains of, uh, let's leave those people there. How about we just leave those people there? You know what? They had yellow fever and they're underwater now. Uh, either from a storm uh, or it sank, whatever the case, let's just leave those people there. It's already submerged. I know we're all crazy about, hey, we want cultural resources and and we want to get down there and let's find out what it was. No, no, thank you. Uh, I just, uh, I say leave it there. They found one grave, I guess, uh, has been identified. It belonged to a laborer, John Greer, who died 1861, November 5th, 1861, of unknown causes uh-huh, while working at Fort Jefferson. How about we leave dear old John right where he's at? <laughs> I'm sure he was a fine guy. I'm sure he was a hard worker. He was working at the hospital there, uh, taking care of the old yellow fever patients uh, that were coming in from Fort Jefferson. And I'm sure that he died completely of unknown causes but let's just leave it there okay i mean he had a headstone so he was one i mean they they knew it and we found the headstone and it bore his name so that's kind of cool he was uh you know it was a fort jefferson post cemetery uh and it held the graves of dozens of people and soldiers okay that's great and it's cool but um you know these people were uh in prison during the civil war uh, Fort Jefferson also served as a navy, naval coaling outpost, a lighthouse station, an opera quarantine facility. Uh, we used to send people there. Hey, we don't like you. Go there. <laughs> so how about we leave all those people there? Yep, we know it's there. And we, we can take people to diving tours. That's what we can do. We can use this particular site to have diving tours. And it's a good way to make a little money. Uh, for the parks and the Florida Keys, yes, you can you can uh, jump in and we'll rent you. Uh, you can go down and take a look at it for money, and we'll make a little money for the parks. But let's not bring anything up, okay? Let's leave it right where it's at. Thank you. And I can't promise anything, but it's possible that very soon I could not be doing chewing the fat anymore. Uh, I got an email from Brian Smith uh, at the uh, from the email address dr treasury department at gmail and uh brian uh, has uh has uh, written a letter to me uh, in this email uh or it's an email not a letter same thing uh it says dear friend and i'm deeming he's talking directly to me i am a personal attorney to mr reynolds 56 years old divorce with no child who is into a medical and hospital equipment. He was awarded a contract to supply medical equipment in 2020 here in Canada before he died after a brief illness on 21th May, 2020. I'll just read you as it's printed. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, Mr. Reynolds, 56 years old, divorced with no child, who is into a medical and hospital equipment. He was awarded a contract to supply medical equipment in 2020 here in Canada before he died after a brief illness on 21th May 2020. Uh, the contract payment has already been paid to him, which he deposited the total sum, $9,500,000, HSBC Bank. If I can trust you to claim the funds so we can make a plan for a long-term business relationship. Uh, hello, you just called me dear friend. I'm in. Particularly the HSBC Bank, where the deceased had an account valued at about States dollars the management has issued me a notice to provide the next of kin or they will have the account fro frozen within the next 10 official working days. I decided to make a search to locate any member of his family, friends, business associate, hence I contacted you. I seek your consent to present you as the next of kin to my clients so they can process this amount valued at $9,500,000 will be paid to you. Then this will be invested into your line of business or can be shared between two parties, 60% to me and 40% to you after all expenses, if any, in this transaction. Let me know if you agree with the percentage sharing. If you're interested to execute the deal, provide the following information so that I will help you draft an application that will be submitted to the bank. He wants my full name, uh, my phone number, uh, addresses, my age, my current occupation. I look forward to your cooperation and good investment partnership. Thank you. Yours sincerely, Barrister Brian Smith. So, I mean, this could be the end. Uh, I'm going to send this off today and we'll see if I get uh, $9,500,000. I'm not really not. Now, he wants he wants to break it up, split it up with me. Uh, in the beginning of the email, it makes it seem like you're going to get it all. And then he throws in the old 60-40 split. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, now I'm looking at, you know, not even half, depending on who gets the 60 and who gets the 40. And, uh, and is there really $9,500,000? Sadly, I want to believe there is. I want to believe there is. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.